I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, so, Joe, also I'm going to tell you that uh, I've had some weird experiences in Coventry. <laughs> I, I had I had a weird experience. I went to a nightclub, and uh, I didn't realise it was like an under sixteen nightclub. Ah. And <laughs> I was invited there. I was invited there to to go on stage. It was like a personal appearance, and it was really bad. I went onto the stage, and everyone started swearing at me from 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 the front. And this one guy was swearing at me, so I I got the bouncer to kick him out. And he was about 15 years old, maybe 14 years old. I was going to say, by guy, and... you mean child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the child <laughs> kicked out of the nightclub. And then he got taken around the back and he was made to apologise to me. <laughs> can, can we, I just want to corroborate and check if this could have been my own brother. <laughs> Do you remember what he looked like? Yeah, he's quite sweet, actually. Lovely sweet guy. He, started, he also got really upset because he started crying. Um, Sounds like my really... brother. <laughs> <laughs> but then also I met the guy who had organised the, the night and he tried to pitch to me saying, do you know what would be a really good idea? It, it's made in Coventry. They were like, made in Coventry would be a really, really good idea for a TV show. But mm. I just don't think... Coventry is... What, like to Anyone who lives in Coventry, and Joe, you're from Coventry, Coventry is not a pretty place. Oh, shut up. It, we've got... The oldest, uh, like, surviving Tudor street. Uh, Sweet. Sweet. (laughs) And, uh, you know, one and a half cathedrals. Uh Really? uh So it's uh a proper city? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. City of Culture 2021, nonetheless. No, it can't be. It can't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next year's year's City of Culture. Um, Next year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I presume they're going to be needing a lot of digital projects should they yeah. want any sort of podcast projects. Um, <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, trying to manifest. <laughs> but it is, it's, not, it's not that pretty, is it? Okay. Here's okay. the thing. We yeah. took the brunt of the Second World War. The bombings, you are welcome. Yeah. Um, a lot, yeah, a lot of it was... Did you really, did you get loads of bombings? I personally... <laughs> Shouldered many a bombing. They used it for, for target country. practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was because uh, it used to be like a uh, center of manufacture, like Land Rover, um, and I don't know, maybe say I don't know. I'm just saying cars. I've heard of some cars. <laughs> yeah. Toyota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> just saying cars. The <laughs> Tesla. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, there was lots of engineering, lots of uh, factories which, like, switched to, I think, uh, and lots of planes were built there, which were then used in a war. Um, which war? Which war? Two? War two. <laughs> that time it was personal. Um, 
but but so it was a target for Bommy to try and like reduce the industry. Um, and so, yeah, gr- great swathes of the city were flattened. And then like, you know, there was an injection of cash in the sort of 50s and 60s. So, lot- and so lots of stuff was really like built really quickly. Um, so there was, there was a lot of concrete. <laughs> And uh, wait, wait, so they just they were like, fuck, we got to build things. We got to build things. So they just built. Yeah, yeah. So they just threw it up. So then they've spent since the year 2000, the sort of millennium project has been to tear all of that down and start again. So it's becoming it's becoming mm. like a new little utopia. You know, everything's pedestrianized. No, it's not. It you, can't say, you, can, you cannot say Coventry is becoming a new utopia. It's absolutely toss. It's so toss, Coventry. Have you been to the Transport Museum? <laughs> it's also, I feel you like... You can it's sit in like... a DeLorean in the Transport Museum and pretend to be Marty McFly. Show me a greater vision of heaven than that. <laughs> Francis, have you ever been to Coventry? I think I have been to Coventry. It's got a lot. Of, yeah, it's, it's got like it was like the centre of the motor industry, right? In the in, yeah. in the in the early days. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do do do, do your family still live there? Uh, my mum does. Yeah, she does, and she likes but, it. I guess she keeps <laughs> and bicycles. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah! Uh, Rally bicycles, bicycles, and was the penny farthing but invented there? Or I'll take it. Sure, I don't think anyone in this uh, Zoom call is equipped to correct me, so I'm going to take penny farthings, (laughs) um, e-bikes, tandems, tricycles, all Coventry. Oh yeah! Well, yeah. Francis is googling everything. Francis is cheap, cheap. You're just googling. No, all I'm not of these googling things. anything. But I mean, the Hillman, Hillman Avenger was also built there. I think if you, <laughs> yeah, classic. <laughs> Wait, so, so then what? So, so you then went to university, and were you were you a bit like? So when I decided to go to university, I was a bit like I want to go as far away from London pretty much as I can. So that's why I went to Leeds. I was like, I want to go to Leeds. I want to do that. I think it'll be fun. So I'll get away from London, all that kind of stuff. Were you, like, with, with commentary, were you like, I want to go somewhere which is not near here? I, I just thought, I want to go somewhere where I can catch a bus more than once every 37 minutes. Shut up. Shut up, that's not in Coventry, you can't. And I wanted to be able to, you know, like, buy a T-shirt after 5pm. I just wanted a little more uh, sort of freedom, I suppose. <laughs> Are you serious that there's buses in Coventry only come once every 37 minutes? I think it might be different now in this new utopian age, but... It's not a utopia. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over the fact that you think Coventry is like the new utopia. Do you know where we should go? Coventry. Because <laughs> I'm bidding for a job as part of the City of Culture 2021. I'm going to be the face of that project. I kid you not. <laughs> But you did, so you, so you, you wanted to go and... So what did you, you... Did you want to go into... You wanted to said you wanted to be a star, but you wanted to go into fashion. You wanted to go into... Time. Desire. Time, yeah. Time travel, yeah, but, preferably. Um, but what did you think that you wanted to do? I don't know. I just sort of... I think I had wanted to act. And I did, you know, I was at one of these, like, young person's... Like oh, did you do, amateur did you do the young- ish theatre companies. 
yeah. that was, you know, you go on a Saturday and like, I started that when I was eight. My dad would, um, he, was a, he was a trainee teacher and he'd like take on loads of extra marking to pay for the Saturday theatre school. And then I was like, oh, dad, you can audition to be in the plays. So then you have to drive and rehearse three or four nights a week. He's like, I guess I'll do some more marking. <laughs> It was the bane of his life for 10 years. Um, But epic, man, that he, like, he did that, right? That's that's the great thing about parents when they're supportive, that he'll go out of his way just to make, you know, his his son happy. Yeah, no, it's incredibly sweet. And, you know, it was, like, urged along by a spot of the old uh, bullying in, uh, in, like, normal school. So it was like, oh, Joe needs a safe space. Um, (laughs) Oh, oh no. (laughs) Here comes a sub story from Coventry. (laughs) (laughs) Really anchored this one. Um, uh, But no, so then, you know, I was was doing that and sort of thought, oh, maybe that's the thing. But I don't, I just, I guess I didn't really think, I didn't really realise, like lots of kids there were then getting ready to go to drama school. But yeah. um, I, don't, I don't know, for some reason, I, I sort of thought like... Yeah, why didn't you do drama school? Why didn't you go and say, like, this is what I want to do? If you had loved it from sort of eight years old. I don't know. I think I just got really moody at about 17. <laughs> and, and then everyone around me who was doing that was very cheery. <laughs> and... and Where did you get moody? What do you mean? I don't know. Like, like an... Like an emo phase. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. I just sort of, I just had a real chip on my shoulder because I guess, I don't know if there was a slight thing of like all the other kids at this theatre school were going to private schools. They lived in the sort of villages mm. outside of the towns and, and it all was like, it was a bit of a breeze and I guess I felt a bit bitter and sort of thought chippy. like, oh, does that mean, yeah, very chippy. Like, And so I guess I thought drama school would sort of be like not really for me so then I went to art school and met even more (laughs) (laughs) posh people than I could ever have imagined (laughs) (laughs) but it is a thing though I I mean there's the the arts are you know you know they uh, there are so many people from privileged backgrounds in the arts these days I I, I mean I, I suppose it's because it is otherwise quite a risky career path right which where not not everyone is is willing to take the risk, and I suppose it's easier for people fr- with you know from money backgrounds to to kind of have have a safety net if, if it doesn't work out. Oh, and yeah. support it when they're auditioning and things like that. While or yeah. while you're at you know. Yeah, my family were terrified because they at least th- like the two things I'd sort of wanted to do as a teenager were either like fashion, i.e. a trade, like learning to, you know, become a tailor or something, or acting. And both of those things, like all my family were a bit like, well, no one's done that in our families before, but it makes sense. We know what that is. That's got a path. You can hopefully, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, take a few years and, and make some money. Um, and then when I was like, okay, now I think I'm going to do sort of experimental time-based videos. <laughs> <laughs> and become Everyone a comedian. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you've gone completely insane. I, so actually, then when I came back, so so I did that at university. Then obviously, no job prospects, um, but and so sort of worked like in a cinema, 
And then, oh god! Did you? I've always wanted to work in a cinema. <laughs> I've always, I actually, I actually, I, I actually have. I've always wanted to work in there ever since I was a kid because I always thought you get free pick a mix and you could watch any movie that you wanted to watch. And I thought that would be like the most epic thing. Yeah, you immediately get sick of pick a mix and popcorn. You will like never <laughs> want to touch it again in your life. It's like my uh, nanny Pam used to work in the Cadbury's factory in Birmingham, and they say to you on your, f- or apparently they would say to you on your first day, you can take as much as you like and just eat it throughout the day and so of course she like gorges herself and then spends the whole night like writhing in pain vomiting because <laughs> oh. she's just overdosed on sugar and cream and then never touches it again like for the next 10 years working there so it's the same in a cinema I think that's the tactic um but yeah so like you know in a cinema and then in an art gallery and like did a bit of modeling um <laughs> hey there he is clang, I made Fifty pounds modelling <laughs> in my entire twelve-month career. <laughs> Wait, what did you did you get any big campaigns? No, no. Well, that big I... fifty-pound campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I did one really cool With Coventry show. Council. Yeah, it was a sponsored accessibility project to the fashion industry. I thought you were going to say sponsored walk. <laughs> A sponsored catwalk. <laughs> Wait, there was one that you said you there was one? I did one really cool fashion show where I like met Kate Moss and uh oh, like really? loads of fun people. And I think I like got really drunk at the after party and fell in love with what's her name? Jamie Winston. And um Love Jamie Winston. She's so fun. I mean she were like this is the only time I've met her in my life. It was probably about nine years ago. She will not remember this. Um <laughs> but we were dancing together and I was just like, You're incredible. Will you marry me? <laughs> and she just like barks laughter in my face, turns around, walks off, never saw her again. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so you see, your modelling career was 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 thriving. A, a disaster, yeah. <laughs> and but it's it's true. It going back to that same thing, it, it, as you said, Francis. What's so interesting when I did when I was modelling theatre performance? When I, was doing, <laughs> I, I you'll never think of, I never. I was I was on the Storm board, so I was uh, with Storm Agency for seven years or six years, and I was on their special bookings, right? Never once was I ever put onto their men's board. <laughs> Never once. I was the only person who wasn't who w- was on the special bookings, but also wasn't on the the men's board. Every other person was, and I was like, "This is horseshit." And then I remember once I was like, "What the hell?" And then I remember this one time that I was sent to a. Um, they sent me to my only ever modelling shoot that I went to. It wasn't a modelling shoot, but it was like a uh, scouting place. We had to walk into a room and like sit there and go and walk in. They look at you and they did send me to one ever. And it was the most intimidating thing I've ever done. Because as you walk in, you basically get knocked out by everyone's cheekbones. And you're like, well, I'm never... I, would, I thought you were knocked out also... by their elbows. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I'm five foot eight and a bit. I was like, this is just never going to work. That's the but worst. I, I, for so for my first fashion week, I bought a pair of like Nike, like the the tallest Air Max possible, and then like you know put an extra layer of socks underneath, and still would walk into those rooms and be two inches shorter than all the other lads there. And it was it was just horrible. I really hated it's it. Horrible. 
horrible. It's horrible. But also, Joe, you, you mentioned, and I think it's important to touch because we do get a lot of these messages and things like that. You said that you, you experienced like some, some bullying when you were younger. How, like, like, how old were you when that happened? Well, um, just, you know, teenage years, sort of... Uh, really? Yeah, 13 onwards. See, kids can be freaking hard sometimes. And, like, the school is... This is this is what everyone... You know, I remember my dad always saying to me that, like, oh, your your school years are the best years of your life. And I was like, they surely can't be. <laughs> you must have like, a horrible like, life. And then you discovered <laughs> <Yeah>. bullying. <laughs> <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> but it's true that like, like when when you're when you're at school you're kind of like put into this box of like who you are and who what you kind of you know you you, you kind of get represented this this person actually you, when you get out of school you realize how insignificant it all is yeah yeah i and in a way, I look at like, I've got teenage brothers now and, you know, it's tough for them as well. But I, I'm a bit jealous. They've got access to other like communities through the Internet and whatnot. And so it means that like and also like so I look at my older brother. He's 16. He's just going into college now. And, uh, you know, I look at his like friendship group and they're really mixed in terms of like gender, sexuality, background. And there's no, like, sense... And they may... They, I don't know. They might be seen as the sort of, like, misfit gang. But in a way, they're, like... They're the coolest kids. And I hope he yeah. never hears this. I do not want Fraser Sutherland <laughs> to know that I think this of him. Fraser Sutherland, you legend. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. Um... But, but it's, do you know what? It's so right. You're saying that they are, like... You know, they are... They, they'll be the cool ones. Yeah. They'll be the cool ones, right? But I, I think that being a kid now, I actually don't envy kids nowadays. I think it's tough. I think there's more pressure to like, yeah, to sort of perform. You, if you, you know, if you're allowed to have an Instagram at say 15 or something, and suddenly, yeah, there's all these different codes of how to behave and present yourself, yeah. and like, especially for the girls, like, I just, God, I, I would, if I was like a father of of a young well, girl think, now, I would be ripping my hair out with panic. What, yeah, what's what's totally. so interesting is obviously we've kind of the, the all these technologies came about when we were at school, and they were sort of novelties, and we kind of sort of, oh, that's interesting. Look at this Instagram, Twitter, things like that. But all these kids are growing up, and these are sort of just in the they're, they're sort of you know part of the furniture of our world right it's it, you know they just grow up and these are the things that they grow up with so it's it, you know it's 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 never happened before like that so i i, I it's interesting it's like I an experiment to, on these children what they're what they're going through i suppose um but but guys i feel i feel though i feel like it's an experiment gone wrong because i feel like this constant access to like every like the greatest thing that we had when we were kids, right, is that we were so innocent to everything. We didn't we didn't know anything, right? Like, we, you know, if you wanted to find out about stuff, you'd have to go to the library and get a book. Like that's what you'd have <laughs> you to do to learn. That, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I never did that. Don't know why everybody put me into that bracket. That's what I do all the time. <laughs> but it's kind of true. But now 
you everyone has a voice and you can you can you can you can you can find out information anywhere and i think that's wrong because you lose your innocence so quickly i just can't erase the image from my head that i now have like as adorable as you are jamie i'm sure you were never truly that innocent i so i picture you walking into that school library and saying do you have any books about um drugs <laughs> Sex, that sort of thing. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though, right? Like, like we, we, it was like we, we had to find out stuff. We had to g- purposely go out and uh, and find stuff, right? You'd have to like ask questions, or you would have to. But now you can just Google, or you can sit on Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, and you and you're flooded with information. And I don't know if that's a good thing. But then, like, we always had sort of peer pressure and groups Mm. like group mentality which I think has just translated into the internet so I think you would still sort of be you would still find yourself a little bit torn and maybe be overexposed to information you weren't ready for Uh, it was just in a face-to-face way so it's 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 hopefully the good balances out the evil for that generation because like I say I look at my brother and his friends and it's like they because they have this access they're also um, really like empathetic. They they're really political. They really, really? want to stamp out really? racism. They really want to stamp out transphobia. But that this is what I say is like this is my brother's group of mates. I'm sure it's not yeah. like that for all the kids in the, in the year. Yeah, but, group. but do you know what's interesting that, that they they have those opinions. Like those opinions. You know, you uh, at 16 years old, I was just caring about whether or not I was going to shag a girl. Like that, that's all I you know that's all I cared about. Where you're saying that your little brother, you know, he has opinions and what to stand for stuff and that's great actually that's kind of really exciting I suppose um yeah but again we mustn't let him know that we think it's great Fraser his... Fraser <laughs> Fraser Sutherland his ego's big enough man it's oh. yeah it's but, I, but I think I, th- I think that's interesting because I've I, do you know what Joe that's actually really interesting you said because I've, I've been like sort of you know I, I've been sort of tossing and turning about this idea of of exiting social media for a while I've just been thinking like it would be a good thing to get off social media because of lots of reasons and actually you know what you're saying there is actually what a good thing is is that it gives you the the platform to have opinions and and learn stuff which we which was never really around before do you see what I'm saying social media the internet I don't I mean people don't really learn that much from TikTok I'm sorry Jamie (laughs) <laughs> you would be surprised, buddy. <laughs> My and, and algorithm how to on TikTok is bizarre. My, I have the most weirdest algorithm. I have like on my algorithm is like all these people just talking about like how to become successful, and, and I don't understand why. <laughs> every single one of them is these, these like people just talking nonsense. Um, but I don't know. I, I, my, my, I have. You I want have more twerking, sort of, don't you? <laughs> Where's all yeah, the twerking? Yeah, <laughs> That's what I came here for. <laughs> but I have a real, I, I have a real love-hate relationship with it. But Joe, as a comedian, right? Do you do you feel like you have to constantly be active on social media? No, I think a lot of people do feel pressure, and it depends on what your skill set is and what you're trying to mm. do for your job, really. And for me, I realise like. I'm I'm not someone who does like fast turnover. I'm real I'm a slow perfectionist. I need to work on a project for a year and do like 10 drafts before I can then put it out and sort of be like right it's there. I really you're a perfectionist. Yeah that yeah, way. yeah. So so Is that tricky for comedy though? 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, because because surely because surely with comedy it's it's a it's a it's it's kind of about you know it's raw, right? You you have to kind of you you you're you're going on stage with material that's never been. It's been prepped, but it's raw at the same time. It's raw, but I, it can be good because it means you're just sort of never finished with stand-up. Never, you're never you're, satisfied. You're always, <laughs> you'll always think like, oh, there's one slight way to improve that bit. I can just, you know, I can twist that a little. I can add another, like, sentence. So, you know, things kind of become clearer the more you do it if you, uh, if you stay alert to it. Um, but, yeah, so really I only... I, th- I think the attitude I want to have and maybe the problem with social media is I, I only want to sort of have like half an hour a week where that's my social media time. Um, but the problem is sometimes other people don't know that that's how you're using it. So I think sometimes there's a bit of a, an expectation that you're always available on it. And so, yeah. you know, if you don't respond to... Uh, to messages or to certain events, like straight away, it can be. Do you think people still at- think that? I think maybe there was a, a moment where people were get, but I mean, I don't. Do, I don't know anyone who gets offended not. by I've- not responding on social media these days. Do you? Yeah, I get offended if people don't. If uh, I, I messaged Louis Theroux on Instagram and he <laughs> uh, he looked at it and didn't reply, <laughs> I was really upset by it. What did you say to him? <laughs> Hey, Louis, I'm really big fan. I just messaged him. I messaged him asking him to come on our podcast. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> did, it wasn't like, just, hey, Louis, I prefer Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe, I, I tell you what is amazing for you, right, is that you said that you were sort of eight years old going to the Edinburgh Fringe and doing that, kind of that nostalgic thing. But then you did Edinburgh, you know, in 2000, you had your sellout tour. In in Edinburgh, not tour, but not tour in Edinburgh. But you're you're still tour it's in very Edinburgh. Very much a one location <laughs> tour. <laughs> but you did. You had your sellout show, which for you must have been like, this is everything that I've wanted. Like not wanted, but kind of saw and did and experienced when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. It was Matt. It was because it was my third one, three three years in a row of doing, and the first two, no, nobody came. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was the smallest audience you played to? I mean, zero. <laughs> the first night we we cancelled. Oh no! Oh no! I remember with the, there was one night in the first year that we cancelled because one person who had not bought a ticket. But like, if you're sort of working on the festival, you get these passes to be able to go yeah. and see stuff for free. And it was like one kid had come along and was like, "I've just finished my shift and I really wanted to see your show." <laughs> you're, you're like, we're cancelling it. I was like, I'm really sorry, mate, but it's it's not a show if it's two of us. It's it's counselling. <laughs> That's a therapy session for me, and you will feel cheated. Um, so. But but then but then you got to your 2019 yeah show, and that and you you sold it out. That's pretty mega, though. Yeah, it was it was great. It was a sort of it was a weird like slightly bittersweet because I think having done three in a row and sort of like feeling like there'd been no. This is why I say I think com- comedians should really only do like maybe two shows in a row, then take a break. Is as in two Edinburgh shows and then take a break. Yeah, maybe two Edinburghs, then maybe take a break, or just you know. So you quite pleased, in, in fact, about the whole like you know Edinburgh being cancelled this year. 
Are you backing me into a corner, Francis? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to know. So what you're saying, Joe, is that you're happy that this... <laughs> I just want to say on record, I am not happy that a virus has infected many, many people, ended uh, careers and made life very difficult. Um, but I have enjoyed... <laughs> <laughs> having the time to finish some other projects that I just kept putting off, uh, like baguette making. Yep. Um, <laughs> I still love that you made a baguette. <laughs> <laughs> I no, made obsessed. three baguettes at a, at, at a time. <laughs> three at a time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Three baguettes. And do you know actually <laughs> wolverines don't even have, like, I mean, they're like, t- they're like really pathetic animals, wolverines. Everyone thinks they're like scary. What? What is this? You're going from where he said where he said that Joe with his three baguettes looked like yes. a Wolverine. Is that what you've got? Bothering me all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been able to think about anything else. Okay, right. Listen, uh, Joe and everyone, we have uh, to have the answer to the question of the week. So you said, Joe, how how much did you say? Two hundred and fifty milliliters. Yeah, Jamie. I said 330. It's actually 130 milliliters. Mm-hmm. So it is oh. a travel-sized... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's quite a lot of blood. Well, you know. If, <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> around for something for reference. <laughs> I know, so am I. I, I but it, I feel like that is quite a lot of... Like, if, 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 you, if you cut your... That's, that's <laughs> why when... That, that's, <laughs> that's why when people... Um, Break their banjo. Is it banjo? Banjo string. Uh, they do that. Yeah. When it snaps. Oh that's God. Why there's a lot of blood. There's a hell of a lot of blood. Yeah, and well, presumably there's also not um, not like a stopper. There's not like a uh. lid on it then. So it's just going to keep <laughs> going. There's, there's no stopper. Yeah, it's just gushes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you think of the top as the lid um of the <laughs> bottle <Penis. laughs> okay yeah the penis uh and then you know that that's where that's where the string and so you're gonna cut that and so all the pressure that's building up oh. it's just gonna keep i don't know the si- uh, science behind it but clearly <laughs> neither do i <laughs> hey uh joe listen we've taken up far too much of your time um buddy listen when i i saw you uh when you were at the comedy roast battle i honestly thought you were completely genius you're honestly no you know kind. you really were you were genius because it's uh, you know from my very slim knowledge of of comedy it's uh, pretty hard to do those things and you made it just seem easy and and just hilarious and so i can't wait when we are allowed to to come back we can go and watch you on tour because you'll be going on tour at some point i assume uh maybe yeah well you know i've got a secret project on the go and fingers crossed if we get the green light on oh what's that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna jinx it but i'm just gonna put it out there into the universe um (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's a it's uh it's a scripted project oh Oh, hello hello uh but so yeah if we get the green light on that then it might mean a a bit more a bit more break from stand oh really yeah 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 Joe, honestly, I, I I wish you that you 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 were genius, completely genius, and honestly, Keep we really talking. appreciate talking. <laughs> Here we go, and we can also follow you on social media, Joe Sutherland, can't we? <laughs> yeah, I'll be on and there for we, half an hour a we, week. <laughs> yeah, and we can go to your website, which I I, I actually googled before speaking to you. 
love the little website that you've got. Thanks. I made it myself with the help of Squarespace.com. <laughs> Joey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Listen, what we like to the end of the podcast is leave our listeners with something inspirational. Oh, my God. Um, okay. I should have told you that before. <laughs> I, I said, I sent, I sent to Joe an email saying, "This is what you have to expect." And then I was about to write. Also, at the end, we asked a question, but I thought, "Ah, oh, I'm just not going to say that. I'm just going to just just let on you without warning." Um, okay. Well, currently, and in fact, um, I've been occasionally looking at the time during this to see if I think we're about to wrap up, so that I can go and finish watching uh, Paris Hilton's new documentary. <gasps> this Apparently is it's Paris. Amazing. Apparently it's amazing. It's one of those where you're not quite sure how much control she has over it. A lot of these documentaries, my favourite genre of any programming is pop star tour documentaries. Um, And, and you know, some of them, you know, like how Beyonce, like the credits on hers will be like created by Beyonce, shot by Beyonce, edited by Beyonce. And you're like, okay, I don't know if we're getting like a really raw, honest vision of Beyonce here. But this one, it's it's sad at times, you know, Uh, but I do think she's she's very inspirational. Yeah. Well, she kind of created the influence, uh, you know, sort of strategy. Created the selfie, so, created the ego, created the platforms. So, 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 hang on. So, that's your inspirational thing is that we should go and watch the Paris Hilton documentary. You should go and watch This Is Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, listen, buddy, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. And to everyone, we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.